The Dateable Podcast is hosted by me, I'm Yue, a former dating coach in New York turned active dater in San Francisco. On each episode, you'll hear commentary by my producer, Julie Kraftchik, and other surprise co-hosts. This episode of Dateable is brought to you by 500 Brunches. 500 Brunches connects like-minded people with similar interests to meet in real life over brunch. You answer a quick questionnaire about your interests and how you spend your time, and then they'll match you in small groups of six to eight at a brunch spot in San Francisco. Get a free entry into a brunch now by signing up at 500brunches.com and using the code DATEABLE. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show that opens up a candid conversation about modern dating. Before I tell you who our guest is, let me just read you something right here. You can't spell San Francisco without a few X's. From the person you had a one night stand with six years ago, to the one who suddenly stopped texting you after dating for a couple months, to the person you loved so completely that it nearly broke you. When you've been here for a while, your history is speckled on intersections and street signs all over town. Restaurants you went on dates to, bars where you argued drunkenly outside, corners where you stopped, held hands, and kissed as the fog and wind whipped down the street. I don't know if you read this article or not, but it's by a resident San Francisco celebrity. His name is Stuart, <laughs> better known as Brocast Stuart. Hello. I feel hello. like you deserve thank you, thank you, thank a you, clap. Hey, I like my writing too. That worked out. <laughs> Couple stats about Stuart. Now, he's considered a SF cult hero. I don't even know what that means. Do you? Do Nothing you, means anything anymore, to be honest. Do you need a cult? Do you belong to oh, one? Oh, God, I wish I could start a cult. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> Give me all your money, please. <laughs> and I love how different publications will describe you. They say you're a writer, you're an MC, you're a man about town, which to me sounds like you're a male socialite of sorts. Oh, good. I thought you were going to say male prostitutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did talk about street corners in your article. That's true. That's so. true. Um, and also a part-time bartender, which mm-hmm. we know about. Where do you bartend now? Uh, I'm at the Golden Gate Tap Room. Every Friday, right? Just Friday happy hour, yeah. Okay, Friday happy hour. Go there. Check him out. He's been <laughs> in San Francisco since 1999. Is no, that true? Almost, almost. So I went to Santa Cruz for college in 1999. Okay. And then, um, so that's the Bay Area. I've been in the Bay Area since 99. And I moved to the city in 2002. So, so you, yeah, you've been here for a long ass time. And I did one year in New York, 07, 08. Okay. You are definitely our longest standing guest. Longest. Other than people who were born here, but sure. definitely you're the closest. You started uh, Broadcast Stewart's Guide to Living Cheaply in San Francisco, which comes in handy living in this very <laughs> expensive city. <laughs> um, you also had a travel documentary TV show called Young, Broke, and Beautiful. This is true. How, when was that? That was 2011. It was an IFC, and I got to travel around the U.S. exploring the weird and wonderful. It was pretty awesome. That's that's an awesome gig right there. Yeah. Uh, your website, brocaststuart.com, it's about arts, culture, events, all about living frugally in San Francisco and New York. Mm-hmm. Okay. And beyond. And beyond. Okay. And you ran for mayor of San Francisco in 2015. <laughs> Thank God I didn't win. Because <laughs> then I'd have to be mayor of this fucking place. <laughs> How does your persona translate into your dating life? Well, it's kind of crazy that like... Um, it's very rare that I go on a date with somebody who doesn't know anything about me. You know, it's like one thing to like to like Google your date. Uh-huh. It's another thing when your date has a Wikipedia page. 
Yeah. You know, like, so it's like, it's, it's like, you know, it's a weird thing because like, it's like, oh, hi. And then like, there's always like the, and often, you know, because there's so many ways you meet people. I meet people online, in person, at events, all these different ways you meet people. And um, it's always weird, like at what point in the day, especially if it's like an online thing, like, whether like, how many drinks in before they're like, all right, I know who you are. You know? <laughs> not that I'm not fucking like George Clooney or anything, but like, you know, but I've been doing, uh, you know, creative things in the Bay Area for so long that at some point or another, most people have come across some of my stuff. And do you put that in your dating profiles? Uh, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so you do reveal who you are in your dating profile? It depends. I mean, it's hard to, because like, like for work, the way it's all like, you know, for like, like Tinder and Bumble and stuff, it's all like tied to like your Facebook profile. Mm-hmm. And so like Facebook says, I work at brocastewer.com. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like hard to like, and you can't like edit that on the, pro, on the fucking dating profiles. Right. So, um, but I mean, like, you know, I basically just took, like, my my Twitter bio, basically, and put it as my, I don't know, how much is it, you know, you can't say everything, you don't, and you can't say not enough, so it's my, you know, it's just basically, like, breaks it down, I'm like, I'm a travel writer, a poet, um, ran for mayor, yada, 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 you know, just. Man about town. Yeah, man, man man prostitute, prostitute. yeah, yeah. (laughs) I put out. Just go with that one. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever gone on a date with someone who didn't know who you were? Yeah. Definitely. Well, it's weird because, like, I go through periods of being, like, you know, I spent, so I started doing broadcast tour when I was 23, I think, or 24. I'm 36 now. So um, that's a whole other thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I spent actually most of my 20s, and I was in, I was only single for a year and a half in my 20s. I had two long-term relationships. So, like, during that whole period, I was, like, you know, not dating anybody except for, like, monogamously dating, you know, a couple people. Since then, being like com- becoming, I came out of a five and a half year relationship in like 2012 or 2011. Um, but by that point, I got single and I had already had a television show and uh, had three books out and shit like that. So then it became like, so since then, not really. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe. What's your status now? Single. Okay. I broke up my most recent ex girlfriend. We broke up last April. So here, here we are. Now you're ready. Hello, ladies. Hello. <laughs> Does the persona of broadcast steward translate to dating? It's that's a funny, interesting question because um, there's a line between broadcast steward and Stuart Shuffman. Mm-hmm. I just don't know exactly where it is. Mm-hmm. You know, like Jay Z and and Sean Carter are two different things. Mm-hmm. But where's the line? You know, I, I don't know. And like with me, it's like uh, people have you know have you know preconceptions of who I am through my writing and through my work. You know, they they know that I'm an activist and that I give a shit, but I also say things that are not always popular. And like, um, I'm not afraid to put, put my fucking mouth, get me in trouble kind of shit. But, um, uh, so, you know, so I was talking to somebody recently who I, who I was, um, who I went out with and they're like, yeah, you're a lot sweeter in person than I thought you were going to be. Mm. Cause really, see that. I'm a sweetheart. Yeah. I am. I, I, I'm, uh, cause everything that I do, even when it's combative, it's from a place of love. Mm-hmm. It's because I give a shit about people and I care about, you know, everybody rising up instead of right. just like, you know, like you know, fuck the rich, you know, kind of shit. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm pretty nice. And I don't know, I don't know, but I don't know. So I'm so deep in the shit that I don't know, I almost, I don't even know what, what it seems like from the outside, mm-hmm. you know, because it's just it's my fucking life. And it's who you are. But yeah. people can interpret you however they want because you're a public figure. Oh, people hate me. Some people fucking hate me. Really? Did they tell me. you? They've never met me, yeah. How do they hate you? What do they say? Oh, they just say mean things about me on the internet. And it's, you look at those funny. comments? I try not to. Okay, you should have. I mean, the problem is, like, you know, you do your best not to. I once made the mistake. Like, I've got really thick skin. I've been, like, you know, uh, people have been saying mean things about me on the internet for a long time now. So, um, but I mean, (laughs) not long ago, I made the mistake of um, 
I don't know why I was just stupid, looking up uh, Brocast Stewart on Reddit. Don't ever do that. Don't no, ever do that right like, now. Like, with, with any notoriety, like, like don't like once like your once your podcast is being listened to by millions, which it already is, I'm sure. Right now, yeah. Don't because ever look up about your podcast on Reddit. Really? really mean on Reddit. Oh, they're evil. Really, mean on Reddit. really? Yeah. they're horrific. And I've got really thick skin. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, God damn, that was that was good. You son of a bitch, that was good. You know. Like, and I get it too. I put things out there, not necessarily to intentionally, like, not trolling individuals, but I'll definitely put out something that I know is controversial, that I know people are going to talk about, because I want them to engage with it, and I want them to to get stirred up and to feel fucking something. Yeah. You know. And um, so because of that, I get it. But it's important not to like, to, you know, criticism is one thing. It's like, hey, I uh, I ain't perfect. You know, like I, I know I've got my flaws. But uh, it's another thing when people are just like, are you know, as a Jew, for example, as a Jewish person, like. I get trolled by fucking anti-Semitics, anti-Semites, and Nazis and shit. I fucking love that. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it on! I'm fucking quick. I'm like for a living, I'm quicker than they are. Yeah. You know, and I'm more so I ignore it, but every once in a while when I engage, I just destroy. I'm funny for a fucking living. So like, yeah. like, so like, you know, they send me like, oh, the, you know, like, like fucking, um, like a. Uh, what was it? Recently, was somebody sent me some kind of like a Jew in the fucking oven joke, and I was like, my response was like, "You've had seventy five years to think of something better. Come on, <laughs> you, you you can't do something better. You have seventy five years to think of a better diss this, than this." So, yeah, so bring it back to dating. <laughs> <laughs> Are you on J date? Uh, I'm on J swipe. Yes. How do you like it? I don't match a lot on J Swipe. Why is that? Uh, maybe I'm not a typical nice Jewish boy. I don't know. Oh, that's you know what? I'm on J Swipe too, Ooh. and I think that it's just there's not that many Jews in SF. Yeah, that's true. In in LA, it's just like exactly. it's never ending. No, seriously, New York. when I went to LA, it was just like constant matches, and here it's like kind of a dead zone. So. Right, mm-hmm. and like not to generalize, but I mean, like I don't know if I'm necessarily what a lot of like you know Jewish girls are looking for. At least not like the traditional like. You know, I'm not a doctor or a lawyer or an accountant or anything like that. I'm a fucking weird fucking writer. I do too. So. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm not a Jew. <laughs> yeah, I threw my own bar mitzvah party last year. It was or two years ago, celebrating 13 years in San Francisco. Nice. That's awesome. Nice. So I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Since you've obviously lived here a long time, mm-hmm. have you felt like the culture of people have changed over the years and how has that impacted like dating? Uh, it's definitely changed a lot over the years, but you know, like, you know, it's changed ever since about 2011 or so, uh, with like the Twitter tax breaks and the influx of all, I mean, you know, not to get too heavy onto this, but like, you know, Ed Lee would brag about all the jobs that he brought to San Francisco, but the problem is he didn't bring them for San Franciscans. They imported people for those jobs. So the people who lost their jobs in 2008, 2009, they didn't get new jobs. They just got pushed out of the city. So... When you have people that have been here for a long time that get pushed out because they don't get the jobs that are coming here, and people are being imported for the jobs, it changes the entire culture of the place. Um, but on the dating tip, I wasn't dating really. Right. Um, you know, I mean, I was single for like a year between long girlfriends, and I fucked around a lot. You know, I did some some dating, um, but I was like, you know, that's like you fucked around a lot, or yes. you fucked a lot. Wait, wait, Both. Okay. Okay. Both. okay just clarify. Both. I was like 26, 25, right. oh, and yeah. like, you know, newly single. But you do when you're 25. Sure, yeah. sure. Jackrabbit. Um, so, I mean, the, just the people have changed. You know, this used to be a, a funkier, weirder, artsier city, and it's just not anymore. Right. Because you can't, you can't afford to just work a part-time job and fucking make art. Mm-hmm. No. You know, you have to work eight, you know, eight fucking hustles or work, have a soul-sucking job. Those are your fucking options. So describe the dating scene in San Francisco in three words. 
Um, fuck Mary Kill. <laughs> <laughs> and please explain each. <laughs> uh, I just had to think of three words. <laughs> Wait, that's the game though, right? Fuck Mary Kill. Yeah. Like, actually, that kind of that's perfect. Actually, it's kind of funny. I think I yeah. fucking nailed it. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but what? Explain. Explain. You you know like I think it's dating anywhere, and I don't know. I've never really dated outside of the city that much, but um. You know, you come across people, you're like, well, this person's an awful person, and I never want to see them again. You come across some people like, oh, well, I think we'd be really good naked together, but I don't <laughs> think that, uh, there's much future beyond that. You look great naked. Oh, but I mean, look, just look at us. Look, wow. Ooh. <laughs> you know? And then there's also like, hey, this person's really amazing, and they want nothing to do with me, so maybe I want them more. You know, like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I've written a lot about, you know, dating in general, I guess, in San Francisco. Like, the, the things you read before... And uh, I've written about what it's like to break up in San Francisco and all this stuff. And, um, you know, it's a unique place because it's a small city and we're all interconnected. So, I mean, it's a city, but 800, 850,000 people. But if you take away all the old people and all the the children, right? You take away all the people whose English is the language they speak, Mm -hmm. right? Suddenly you're whittling down, like, uh, you know, from 850,000 you get to like Mm 400,000. Then you get within your age demographic... Then you get within like the people that you come across. Suddenly, from a city of eight hundred thousand people, you get to like a hundred thousand people, maybe. Mm. I mean, everyone knows everyone. Right. In the city. Exactly. And so, like you know, I would say you can't you can't uh, date somebody in San Francisco who doesn't fuck somebody you know. It's yeah. really yeah, and hard. That's, you know, I've been in San Francisco for a year and a half, and that was one of the things I was most worried worried about coming to San Francisco. I'm like, if I start dating this person, that means that whole circle is off limits for me, unless if I want to you know, mm-hmm. meddle with that circle. Or if you really want to dig around, you can find shit about everyone. Oh, yeah. You know, there's someone, there's like a, everyone's a walking Yelp review somewhere. Right? <laughs> you know, like, I can find out shit about anybody, like who they date, who they've dated, how they were as a boyfriend. Right. You know, and so it's like, it's, it's hard to date with an open mind in the city, in a way. I just feel like, I mean, especially the longer you're here, you just have to be okay. Like, you can't burn bridges because you're going to walk right. into that, you're going to walk into a bar and see that bridge in there. You know, like, right. uh, I mean, but but really, like, I th- think in a way, at least the way I look at it in a positive light, it, it forces you to be a better person, I think, or to, to be better to other people. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to see those people. You're going to see those people. Totally. And so because of that, I think, like, I mean, first of all, I, I, it's important to me to treat people well no matter what. But, I mean, um, for people who, like, aren't as minded as that, uh, it forces them to do so. And mm-hmm. because the city's too small. So then, okay, let's go back to that. Because, you know, my favorite quote is, we're all each other's consequences. I solely believe in that. What's that from? uh, I don't know. I just... I like that. Yeah. You made it up. I made it up. It was great. (laughs) My favorite quote is a quote by myself. (laughs) (laughs) I thought about it and I agree with myself. (laughs) But how do you... Because in your article you talk about, you know, you're going to run into exes. Yeah, you have. Everywhere. Yeah. How do you break up with dignity? How do you break up on great terms? and Or not even break up, but how do you stop dating someone on great terms? <sighs> Takes time. Um, I'm, I'm cool with everybody I've ever dated. I mean, I've only had like three serious girlfriends, but even people that I've dated casually, I'm, I'm, as far as I know, cool with pretty much all of them. Um, but I mean, I think part of it's like being honest and being real. And part of it's like takes time, especially like the the, the, long, the real serious ones, the ones that like break you when you break up with them and they break up with you. Um, but I mean, I think that I, I try to build, I try to treat most situations with like from like a compassionate, loving place. Um, and so because of that, um, like for example, you know, like uh, the girl I was with for five and a half years, we broke up, and like 
you know, a big part of it was because, you know, we've been together for a long time, and um, she reasonably wanted to, like, you know, get married and have kids, and I just wasn't there. I was 30 years old, and I'd been in relationships my entire 20s, and, like, um, so I was like, you need to do, you need to do what you need to do. You need mm-hmm. to be happy, and I may not be that person, you know, and so we amicably, we decided that we weren't right for each other, and, you know, and, like, she's moved on, and she has a, a husband, and I'm really happy for them. They're fucking amazing together. And like it's important to care about the people that you've that you've cared about and be part of their lives, you know. Not necessarily like everyday part of lives, but like be their be their fucking champions and, and cheer them on. And so um, I feel like I'm pretty wide open as a person, and I um, wish the best for everybody. And I think that's a good place to start. So here's a scenario for you: mm-hmm. you go, you meet some girl on J Swipe, let's say, okay, mm-hmm. and you guys go on three or four dates, and after the fourth date, you decide that you don't want to continue seeing her. What mm-hmm. do you do? Um, you know, it really depends on how often you're hanging out. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, you know, there's, there's multiple sides to it. Like, there's a girl I was, um, involved with for a few months, a little bit ago, and, um, we'd hung out quite enough, and we'd been sleeping together for a while, and, uh, she's really great. I really enjoy her. It's just, like, she wanted to get more serious than I was, was ready for and was interested in. Um, and so, um, we, you know, I couldn't not call her back. Mm-hmm. I couldn't just ignore her text messages, mm-hmm. because that's a shitty thing to do. I'm a grown-ass man. You so know, what do you like, do? I, I said, hey, you know, like, w- I didn't call her on the phone because we'd actually never talked on the phone before, so it'd be really weird <laughs> yeah. to do that. So <laughs> then it feels weird to right. text them. Yeah. So, so, yeah. I, so I sent her a text, and I was like, hey, look, you know, obviously, like, you know, I'm super, because I'm also really busy. Like, I mean, I'm, like, mm-hmm. t- just today alone, I've um, written an article, <laughs> uh, did my taxes, dropped off a hard drive for somebody to do some editing from. Met up with my buddy for drinks. Now I'm here. Like these are my, my days are always. You went crazy. to McDonald's. You forgot about that. Shut up about that. All right. <laughs> I did go to McDonald's, but it was the only thing I could eat. All right. Oh uh, yeah. Sure, that, forget about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm in your place. I might have to use your bathroom pretty soon. That's what you say. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm sorry. What were we talking about? <laughs> McDonald's just sidetracked. So you you send her a text. Oh yeah. So so yeah. So I sent her a text. I was like, hey, look. Um, we're obviously not in the same place right now, and I think you're great, and I you know like but. Um, it's not fair to you for me to like string you along because that's just not cool, you know. Right. I know what I know what you're looking for, and it's not what I'm looking for. And and I was like, hey, if you want to talk about this on the phone, we can talk about this on the phone. But I, I thought it'd be weird to just call you out of the blue, you know. Mm-hmm. And I try to be as honest and transparent as possible because it, you know, if nothing else, you you owe somebody to be you owe them being human. Yeah, you yeah. know. And then don't I mean, like and look, I mean like. I uh and I, I date a, a wide v- range of people like I'll, I'll you know date women who are forty and I'll date women who are like twenty three you know and it varies um it's a person by person basis and I was dating this girl for like six months ish fairly casually um um but she was younger she was like maybe twenty three or something like that and she totally ghosted me after we dating for like six months oh boo I mean we were like we weren't exclusive but still but yeah but I mean I think that it was like you know she was super she's super great and she's super smart super smart super mature. Except for that. So then I was like, oh, wait, you know. So fine. did you call her out on it? I haven't had a chance to. Why? Because I'm not going to just like blow up her phone like, what the fuck happened, bro? You know, like, <laughs> uh, I'll see her eventually and we'll talk about it. I'm not going to like like make a thing about it. But I'll be like, hey, that was kind of lame. Okay. You know? So you just kind of let her disappear. Well, and I text her. I mean, I would, I would hit her up every once in a while and be like, hey, you know, what's going on? Hey, let's hang out. And then like there'd be like two or three days where I wouldn't hear from her back. I was like, well, whatever. I know what this is. Yeah. Mm. Whatever. We've all done it. Totally. We've all done it, but, but like I'm trying not to do that anymore. It's not, it's, you know, Agreed. you have to treat people like humans, and like you know, if you have, even if it's not like a highly emotional relationship, like I mean, here's the thing: if you go out like once or twice, 
or if it's like a one night stand or some shit like that, it's like, meh, whatever. Like, but like if you know you've you've like spent time together, slept together for a while, invested whatever it is, you know, time, money, vaginas and penises, whatever, you know, like <laughs> you you spend time together, like I think you owe it to them to be like, hey, look, I this isn't working. So if someone ghosts on you, don't you think they owe it to you to give you an explanation? Or at least a parting, oh, parting yeah, I, gift? I, th- I think so, yeah. But I'm also not going to like harass them about it. Mm-hmm. They might just listen to a podcast and find out. <laughs> <laughs> What's her name? <laughs> so Julie and I were um, brainstorming some of the things we want to do with this podcast. And one of the things... <laughs> one of the, uh, Put someone on blast. <laughs> yes, one of the sections I want to call... Listing, I want to yeah. call it... Um, what the fuck happened? Yeah. And get someone on to talk about someone who ghosted them, and then we call that person out, and we give them a chance to come on the show to tell tell us their side of the story. Or to that, connect with Or to great. connect, yeah. I think that's great. They have to pop out of the closet. I'm here, my mother. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> Say what you want now, huh? So, uh, yeah, so speaking of that girl. <laughs> she, uh, she's here. Uh, she's here. <laughs> no, no, real talk, though. She, she's really great. I think she's just young and, like, yeah. you know, whatever. It happens. Yeah. Um, we'll, well, we'll, we'll talk about it eventually. But unfortunately, that's what happens all the time. I think there's more ghosting stories and there are successful dating stories now. People are just not, they're not holding each other accountable and they're not being accountable as human beings. Well, it's easier. Yeah. It's easier. And I think some people are afraid to say, like, this isn't working. But I think most people would agree they'd rather, especially after date one or two, when you barely know the person, you would much rather someone just tell it how it is. For sure. I don't know. I I feel like after two dates, it's fine to be like, I mean, I... I also am compulsively on time, and I'm like it's really important to me to be of my word and to do what I say I'm going to do. Like I'm like I'm I'm constant as the Northern Star. Like I I do what I say I'm going to do. I'm always where I'm supposed to be, and like uh, that's actually disconcerting for people. I feel like because I'm like I don't have time for games either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm fucking really busy, and uh, if I'm going to give you my time and put an effort, I hope you reciprocate. Well, let's say someone reaches out to you mm-hmm. after two dates. Mm-hmm. Would you reach? Would you reply to them or ghost if, them? If I'm interested in them, if, if you're, you're not interested, I don't really ghost people. I mean, I might just be like, you know, I'm busy. I mean, but isn't that ghosting? <laughs> yeah, like, like ghosting is like like not, not responding at all. at all. So you wouldn't be honest about, hey, I don't see this going anywhere. I, you just say I'm busy. It depends. Sometimes I really am just busy, you know, and like uh, I try to be as honest as I can. I, I mean, I've, I've considered, I've flirted with the idea of like being having like a radically honest life. But I feel like that could be really painful for people. Like, I mean, I, I mean, I don't mean being like, yeah, I don't like the way your face looks. I don't mean like that. Like, but like being like radically honest is a really brave thing to do because you can really, I mean, it's it's a dangerous thing for everybody. You know. So it's, let's flip it. Let's mm-hmm. say you go on two dates with a girl, you really like her, you reach out to ask her out, and she says she's busy. Mm-hmm. How would that make you feel? Mm-hmm. I give it once or twice like that, and then I just I, I get the I get the hint. What would you rather have? Would you rather have her say, "Listen, I don't see this going anywhere." Totally, but that's also like I get verbally abused on the internet all the time. I don't mind. I've got thick skin. True. Not everybody can handle that. True. Not everybody likes the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, people should like the truth. <laughs> I mean, I do agree that if they're not reaching out to you, there's no need for you to be like, "Hey, this isn't going anywhere." Yeah. There's some people that get like too extreme with it. Right. Yeah. And it's like, nope, you don't have to go that far. Like, I like. If it's, like, you know, like, if you just started to hang out with somebody, like, it's okay, I feel like. Like, yeah, you know, it happens to me. We've all done it. We all do it, you know? I think it's, like, once you've actually, like, spent time with the person and really, like, been there Mm -hmm. with them and, like, you know, hung out multiple times, I think you owe it to them. The hard part is different people of different thresholds. Sure. For sure. Because we get a lot of people that write in. 
and I'd say 90% of them are ghosting stories. Yeah. And yeah. it's usually people that don't have that much relationship history with the person, but it still affects them. So I think so much of it really just depends on you and how you view that specific. Yeah, I think I'm just dead inside. <laughs> just kidding. But most people we speak to say that they prefer the truth. They want to hear the truth. Right. Instead of waiting by the phone or waiting for, oh, this person must be really busy in the next couple weeks. They'll call me back in like six weeks or something. Isn't it better to just know? And I think most people would admit they'd rather just know. The truth of the matter is 90, uh, actually, I, I, I was going to make up a percentage. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I'm not going to bullshit. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like it's a made up percentage. 98.1%. But, but like <laughs> most of the time, if people, if, if you have a real connection with somebody, they'll, they'll make time in their life. For you know? sure, yes. Um, but, you know, the, the truth matters. Like, we all are busy and we all do have things going on. And it's like, we have, we all play games in our head of like, not even games, but we like, we all like average out how much is this person worth of my time? Mm-hmm. You know, how, like how, mm-hmm. how much is it, how much of my time am I willing to sacrifice for their fuckery or like if they're going to show up or mm-hmm. if they're going to flake? And it's like, right. and we, we figure out that we like leverage that. It's like, it's like going to the racetrack, you know, right. like, like uh, which pony am I going to bet on? You know, like, and until, unless you have like that real solid fucking deep connection where you just fucking know like lightning strikes, you know, like yeah. it's just a bunch of fucking gambles. You either have a connection or you don't. Right. And if you don't, then you should like understand that that's just... It's not happening. Like, why force something that's not there? So we have, okay, so on our website, on Datable, we have so many emails about ghosting, why, you know, this person ghosted. But then on um, my own personal dating coaching website, I get, so I coach men on how to date. You should be a millionaire at this point in this fucking city. Look, I own this building. You own the whole building? I own this whole building. Damn. I own San Francisco. Um, I guess You're so the many. Mayor of <laughs> I, I am the mayor. The I beat you in the elections. <laughs> you need a mustache. <laughs> um, but the emails I get, or you know, the emails and the letters I get, are mostly about guys who are like, "Oh, she said she was too busy. She hasn't texted me back. Should I contact her again? Should I reach out again? Should I Snapchat her again?" So it's nope. the uh, you know, it's the other side of it. And I would say, yes, on one hand, if you don't have a connection, you don't have a connection. You don't owe each other anything. But on the other hand, I think you people need to know the clues of when someone's not interested. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. if they're not responding back to your text within, like, let's say 24 hours, right. they're, they're, it's just, why even bother? Like, right. why even bother having that person in your life? I wouldn't even want a friend like that. No. Wouldn't you rather be with someone that's excited by you? Absolutely. Yeah. So why chase that unicorn that doesn't really exist? Well, and Humans are stupid fucking creatures. Is what it comes <laughs> down to. Speaking of unicorns. <laughs> Takeaway. Humans are dumb. Like, yeah. we, we want what we can't have. The grass is always greener. Uh, this a stripper friend of mine said, she was talking about, uh, she's like, the pussy's always pinker on the other side of the stage. Mm. <laughs> it's the lighting. <laughs> always the lighting. But like, you know, but th- th- what it comes down to is that like, you know, we want what we can't have, you know, what it, and it's this fucked up thing about being humans. That like, and we can even like, we know what's happening. We can rationalize and be like, my, my, my human brain says, this is ridiculous. My lizard brain says, fuck, 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 fuck. You know, like, and, and, and that's the, the, the problem with being like, a 21st century person is like we are one hand like dealing with the, the evolution of being humans and like and like I mean just the difference of like what we're talking about like with women's rights and like people's rights in general like civil rights and social justice is leaps and bounds from 40 years ago that's an evolution right mm-hmm. but we're still fucking monsters 
Mm-hmm. You know, like as human beings, we're fucking monsters. We're still like, you know, our bodies want to fuck and reproduce and eat and drink and sleep. That's the fuck they want to do. You know, but then there's bigger fucking things that you want to do as people. And so, so like your lizard brain and your person brain, they're always, you know, competing with each other. And, you know, sex is a big part of that's lizard brain shit. You know, <laughs> like, and like, and then you're like, oh, I, I, I want to chase this thing or I want to be chased, you know? And it's stupid, but it's who we are. And like trying to reconcile that is like, is, is the human condition. But we, you know, we should have these kind of like checks and balances of what am I doing here? Like, can I... Am I okay with myself at this point for doing this, right? Am I accountable for my actions? One of the best emails we ever got from one of our listeners was, um, thank you for allowing me not to be a crappy human or something like that. Garbage of a human being, which is one of my favorites. Which is a great response from someone because Mm -hmm. that's what we try to do with this podcast. We want people to feel accountable for their actions and know that there are consequences to what you do. I'm curious to know what you... Since you've built this brand around frugality and living mm-hmm. frugally, how does that translate into dating? Well, there's low expectations. <laughs> <laughs> As a feminist, I think it's important to me to um, actually, and this is uh, an interesting point that I try to bring up often, it's important to me to uh, try to, at least as much as I can, pay for everything on the first date. Mm-hmm. I mean, the reason, and the reason this is feminist, because you're, you're, people, a lot of people's initial reaction is like, no, that's fucking bullshit chivalry shit, right? But actually, the reason that it's feminist is because it takes a lot more money to be a woman. Mm-hmm. It costs more money in time, effort, makeup, hair, clothing. All It costs more to be a woman. Amen. I have to fucking, from, from the moment I get in the shower to the moment I walk out the door, 20 minutes. You just you know? have a lot of women writing in about you. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to get laid. <laughs> You're so going to get laid. <laughs> they'll, be like, they'll also be like, I heard you pay on the first date. <laughs> hey, hey. But I also make a point of like not also like doing ridiculous expensive things on first dates because I really can't afford to either. But you know, I'm like, you know, if we go out first date, I'll, I'll buy the drinks. And like, I mean, actually, I don't like going out to dinner on first dates. I don't either. Because eating with somebody is a fucking whole thing in itself. It's so involved. I, I personally don't have issues, but like, there are plenty of people who do have issues around food and issues around eating in general. Yeah. And um, also, it's like, I think it's uh, it's kind of this. You're trapped in this space. If you're not feeling the person, you're still there for another hour. Yes. Whereas like for the drink, like after the first drink, you're like, you know, I, you know, I gotta go. It's been really nice hanging out. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, or let's go get dinner. Or let's go get dinner. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. Um, but so yeah, I try to like, um, do the best I can. Some people insist on on paying their part or, uh, paying or whatever. And I'm not going to be like, no, you listen to me, lady. You know? When you say insist, (laughs) how, how does a woman show that she insists on paying her part? Well, if I've bought like, you know, three or four drinks Mm -hmm. and like I go to buy the next one and they're like, no, seriously, they like basically push my hand back into my pocket. Very intentional. Yeah. Not the fake purse reach. No, no, no. Okay. I'm not as dumb as I look. (laughs) (laughs) Almost as dumb, but not as. (laughs) And what about going forward? Second date, third date? Do you have any rules around who pays? Not really. I mean, like I try, you know, um, like in a longer relationship, I think going Dutch is ideal. I mean, unless like unless you're dating somebody who's like genuinely like genuinely like really well off, and you can like they, then there can be like an offset kind of thing. Like if if I'm rich, why would I make you pay for your fucking drinks? You know, right. if especially if you can't or whatever. So I mean, I think there's like there's a certain amount of um what's the word like uh my brain isn't very good right now, um but like you know like it's a McDonald's. It is <laughs> McDonald's. Uh, my friend Luna, 
she did this really funny, 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 clever video. Luna's black, and she did this video that was like about like uh, splitting the bill based on like um, uh, market share of like your ethnicity and your gender. Oh my God, that's hilarious. <laughs> you know, like and so like it was like oh, uh, as a black woman, uh, my, my part of the bill should be thirty three percent or whatever. <laughs> like, you know, but as a white man, you should be seventy two percent. You know, <laughs> like, that kind of thing. <laughs> Let's say you're a young working professional who just moved to San Francisco. Um, this is a very expensive city, and you have no savings, and you're pretty broke, but you still want to date. How can you date in the city as a broke person? No, there's so much you can do. I mean, you just you, if you want to go out for drinks, go to shitty dive bars, which are my favorite bars. Which are, name them all. There's plenty of great make mission dive bars like Kilowatt, Delirium, Mission Bar, uh, Benders, I mean, you know, and there's a son in the TL, like Emperor Norton's, you know, dive bars, you know, are perfect, you know, you get cheap drinks, whatnot, but also like really cool days, like split a burrito and a bottle of wine and go to Dolores Park, you know, right. go for a walk in, take some LSD and go to fucking walk in Golden Gate Park. Not as a first date, I don't think. <laughs> that'd be, that'd be a pretty intense first date. And that's expensive. LSD's not. <laughs> LSD's only five bucks. LSD's cheap. What? How much are you paying for LSD? Man, I'm getting ripped off. You're getting way ripped off. <laughs> LSD is like the biggest bang for your buck. <laughs> you're like, $5, that's 12 hours of your life out of nowhere. <laughs> first date, forget drinks or dinner. LSD is the way to go. That's a really intense first date. I don't think I would do that in the first date. Probably not. <laughs> but you'll really know if you have a connection or not. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Really Remember that moment in the park where everything's purple? <laughs> That was our special time. Remember the phone? Because you think she's a ghost. <laughs> You're like, I'm pretty sure she's a ghost. <laughs> uh, but what about like sustaining a relationship when you're broke? Do you think it's possible? Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think what it comes down to is um, two people really working with each other and caring about each other and like working for each other. Uh, because everybody brings different strengths to the relationship, whether that's uh, one person making more money than the other, one person being more um, empathetic than the other, one person being much more of a, a builder and a community maker. You know, like we all have different strengths and we all bring different things to the relationship. And especially if you're past the point in your life where you're, hopefully you're done dating train wrecks, it makes it a lot better. Um, so, you know, so if you make more money than your partner, sometimes they might need help. And if, but if you, if your skill is like, you know, you are really fucking organized and tidy and you can help their life be easier, you can help that way. If you love to cook, do it because you love to cook and you want to make them to eat food, not because you feel like you need to do it. You know, it's mm -hmm. like it's taking the things that you do really well and the things that they do really well and making a life together, you mm -hmm. know, uh, whether that's I mean, whatever that look, looks like, you know, and I think that's how you um, negotiate that. So there you go, because we get a lot of people who write in and say, Listen, dating in the city is super expensive. Right. That's why I stopped dating or that's why I'm turned off to dating. There are alternatives. Oh, there's so, there's so much cool shit in the city. Go to a fucking museum, you know, and bring a flask. You know? Like, <laughs> or LSD. LSD. Yeah. <laughs> or LSD in a, a flask. Exactly. <laughs> you know, go for a hike, you know. Uh, there's, so, there's, there's so much. The city's beautiful. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it's, it's, just go for a walk in the Embarcadero. You know, yeah. there's this city's beautiful. You don't have to like go to fucking you know some fancy bar with guys with mustaches and shake, shake things for a long time. You know, like <laughs> there's so much to do here. Yeah, well, it's definitely a city that you feel like it's a half haves and the half nots, and um, yeah. a, a lot of people who are dating the city want to be part of the haves. 
versus mm -hmm. the have-nots. So it's kind of like keeping up the Joneses, even in a dating environment. But there's no need to compete, right? As yeah. It's all about connection and chemistry. Yeah, I mean, anybody who's, whose outlook is like all about leveling up, you know, in terms of like monetary, like we're not gonna get along for many reasons. <laughs> First of all, I don't know why you're dating me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that makes me question a lot of your fucking processes. But um, but like I don't really value um, I don't put value on on monetary things nearly as much as I put value on like experiences. And that's the, that's the basis of what like my entire brand, my entire lifestyle, my entire everything is. Like what's important is not the things that you own, but the things that you do. Yeah. And there's so many beautiful, wonderful things you can do as a human being with other human beings that don't necessarily cost. Uh, money and also don't have to be cheesy like yeah human beings doing stuff together you know like there's a lot you can do and if you're just interested in like someone's 401k and whatnot you're fucking lame yeah I want to bring this full circle because I started with the article about exes mm -hmm. what's your theory about exes your relationship with them um I've got different relationships with all my exes um my ex from my early 20s we together for like three and a half years uh, we're like family members. I love her. Like, I mean, we, I mean, I saw recently under shitty circumstances, we went to a memorial together. Uh, but I mean, like, you know, we pick up where we left off. We did it. We did it when we were really young. I met her when I was like, I met her on the 71 bus when I was 21 and she was 18, you know? And, um, we were together for like three and a half years after that day. Um, so we're super cool. Uh, my girlfriend from my mid to late twenties, um, I don't see her as much as I'd like to, but I get it. You know, like we're, we're, we're all busy people and we have different things going on and, uh, you know, and then my most recent girlfriend, uh, we broke up like a year ago, she moved to Chicago. So, um... So do you believe in keeping in contact with your exes? Yeah. So, I mean, like, it doesn't have to be, like, obsessive contact, but I'm not going to cut them out of my life. I mean, sometimes I think you need space. Mm -hmm. You don't need to be, like, go from, like, oh, we, we just were dating yesterday, we should be best friends today, because I don't think that makes sense. I think you need space, so that way you can grow to who you are without them. I think in that same article, I had this line that was, like, um, was it, uh, something like the the hardest math equation in the world is us minus you equals me. Mm -hmm. I like that. Because uh, that's it. You know, you, you know who you are in a relationship, you're part of a team, and so you have to relearn what it's like to be not you in a team. Yeah, exactly. So that takes time after a breakup, I think, and you can't have your, your ex-team member there, you know, for that. But once you grow without them, I think you can, you can be friends and you can, you can be in each other's lives to, to whatever extent feels comfortable for both sides. Right. I've just never kept in touch with any of my exes. I just don't feel comfortable with that. But I guess, it's, you know, everyone has their own comfort level with that. Some people I know are like best friends with their ex. Like they're like involved in each other's lives. Like yeah. hardcore. They like throw art, art shows for them and stuff like that. Yeah. You know? and, and other people, it's like, it doesn't matter that, you know? And it depends on how the relationship ends. Like, some people come out of really fucked up relationships. Right. Some relationships are abusive, whether they're physically, mentally, emotionally abusive. Some relationships are just unequal, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know? And so it, it depends on, like, how that person, like, who you were to each other and how you made each other feel. Totally, yeah. Because that transfers into afterwards as well. Yeah. And I think also, like, if you're over it or not. Like, if you've moved on and you've identified yourself and even potentially in a new relationship, I think that's very different than if you're, like, friends because you're, like, pining away for someone. Yeah, that's a whole other that's thing. Like that's just fucking... That's, yeah, that's, that's, just that's emotional up. hostage. That's situation, exactly. So I think it's everything you said, the time and yeah. getting there. I think the major point and the major takeaway for me in all this conversation is whether they're your ex or just someone you dated once or went on one date with or even just met at a bar or whatever... 
get to a point where when you part ways, if you see them again, it's not awkward, right? Or you're not scared to see them. There's so many people in the city who are like, oh, I'm avoiding that bar because I go yeah. sit on this guy yep. and I'm, I don't want to run into him. Get to a point where you treat each other with, with so much respect that even when things don't work out and you part ways, if you see them again, it doesn't feel awkward. Totally. Yeah, because you're going to see them again. Yep. You're going to. It's inevitable. Unless they move away. San Francisco Unless they move away and you might still small. see them. And you might still see yeah. them. It's a small world. Yeah, it I is. Think, like, my other takeaway from this, and this is the earlier part, is, like, even if someone, ideally someone just tells you how it is, but if they don't, like, read the signs and invest in people that are investing you. Totally. Okay, cool. Let's wrap this up. Anything else? What are you working on right now? Um, I've got a really great new podcast. Uh, it's called Weird and Wonderful with Broke-Ass Stewart. And it's me and my buddy, Sonny Fono. We basically, like, hang out and interview strange, interesting people. Usually have different, strange, weird jobs. Okay. Like, you know, one was a financial dominatrix. Another one... Uh, financial dominatrix? Yeah, like, she gets paid to blackmail people. People bla- pay her to blackmail them. What? Okay. Yeah, that's that's a longer conversation. Or like, um, we need her on the show. Or like Doc Pop, who is a he was a world class. He was a number three yo-yo uh, yo-yoist in the world, and he also is, he makes all kinds of really cool shit. Uh, I'm just really fascinating people. So we interview them and then talk about like things happening. Uh, that's my main project, my main new project right now. Where can we find that podcast? Uh, on the internet. Uh, <laughs> you can find it on like you on know Reddit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ugh, don't go there. That's where nothing good happens. Uh, no, so yeah, it's on uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play. It's Weird and Wonderful, Weird and Wonderful with Broke-Ass Stewart. And then, of course, I'm all over the internet. Facebook, <laughs> Twitter, Instagram, Broke-Ass Stewart. Reddit, once again. <laughs> wow, wow. And, um, uh, and of course, my website, BrokeAssStewart.com. We put out two to three to four new articles every day covering uh, arts, culture, progressive politics for people who aren't rich. Okay. And a little love plug for yourself. You're single. I am single. What are you looking for? Relationship? What? Um, you know, to be honest, you know, I, I was thinking about it and it would be kind of cool to have that like fucking like crazy unhinged like love, but I might be too old for that. I don't know. No, never too old I don't know. for that. I mean like, the, you know, right now I'm open-minded. If, if I fell in love and it was fucking great, I would be like, yes, let's fucking do this. Um, but you know, otherwise I'm open to anything, you know, like whether it's casual dating or, uh, I mean, who knows? The world's fucking weird. You can say... You, the, the, the one thing about humans, no matter what they say they're looking for, it's usually not what they are or what they're going to get, you know? So I'm open. I'm just open-minded. You just need someone who's equally as passionate, equally as weird, mm-hmm. and equally as open. Yeah, that's, that's true. It. Three main qualities. And rich, Five. hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully and rich. rich. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding about that. Not really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listeners at home, we love to hear from you. And if you want to connect with Stuart, you can actually go through us if you want to do that. Talk to us. Tell us your dating stories. We want to hear anything you have to say. We can anonymize your identity to protect you. And with that said, last but not least, stay dateable. Your action item for this week is to exercise care and compassion for the people that you come into contact with. Even if it's a casual online conversation, remember that there's an actual person on the other side. Handle these moments of connection with dignity and respect. Make a point that with every person that you come into contact with, if you were ever to run into them again, you wouldn't want to hide from them or to avoid them. In fact, you would feel very confident about going up and saying hi to them. 
The most efficient way to meet new people is a combination of online and offline. 500 Brunches has your offline covered. Connect over brunch with new friends. Come alone or bring a buddy. There is always a table full of friendly faces, mimosas, and eggs benedict. Sign up at 500brunches.com and use the code DATEABLE for a free entry. To connect with us, visit datablepodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under Datable Podcast. <laughs>